speaking in tongues is controversial. Within the spectrum of the 33,000 plus denominations within Christianity today, everyone seems to have a different perspective based off of whether they lean more conservatively or more into a charismatic movement, whatever their past experiences were with spiritual gifts, there is a big disagreement going on and that has been going on for a while regarding what that spiritual gift of speaking in tongues really look like. When we look at the charismatic movement, there has been a great focus placed on speaking in tongues where you would often find churches full of people all speaking a tongue in tongues at once. And it can be quite an interesting experience to see that and oftentimes not a good one for many of us. Right. And many of these experiences have caused hurt and even damaged perspectives on this gift on what it's supposed to look like and causing some to even turn their back on it completely. But keeping all this in mind, you would most likely fall into one of two camps of belief regarding the gift of speaking in tongues. The first camp believes that speaking in tongues must look like what we see in the example of Acts 2 and must exclusively only be seen in light of that one event. That is that speaking in tongues is when a person speaks in a earthly language that is foreign to themselves, but an unbeliever or someone who doesn't know God does know that language. And this supernatural occurrence of you speaking a language that's not native to you is then a sign unto them. This is what we see happened in Acts 2. And so this perspective means that within this box of speaking in tongues, it is always talking about known earthly languages that may only be unknown to the speaker. So the second camp of people believe in the, what we just described to its fullest extent, but they also believe that speaking in tongues can be more than that. That speaking in tongues can also be not just a sign for unbelievers or a sign kind of miracle, but also a spiritual gift of edification, whether that is edification to the person speaking or even in, under certain circumstances, edification to the body of believers or more corporate edification when there are people around them and there is someone who can interpret what is said for the rest to hear and understand. In this video, we will talk about three reasons on why I believe the scripture supports the second camp to be right of believing both that there is earthly languages that can, and we can speak in those earthly languages as a sign to unbelievers, but also that the gift goes past that even to also be a gift of edification. And some have called this idea to be something of Babel of, you know, it, it 
all these things. But we're going to look, uh, we have to look past all these and look at what does scripture describe this gift to be like? And does our perspective align with scripture? Because brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what about any of that. It all, the only thing that matters is what scripture teaches. And I believe that there's enough scripture on this gift to actually show us what is right. So let's just dump, jump right in. The first reason as to why I believe that this gift is a gift of personal edification as well is because Paul talks about this gift and he describes it. And interestingly, he says that the person who speaks this gift, he says, for one speaks in a tongue, he speaks not to men, but to God. No one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. Now, the big part of this verse that we need to look at is where he says in the end there that the person utters mysteries in the spirit. He doesn't just utter mysteries as in he speaks a different la- earthly language or any, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. What does it mean to utter mysteries in the spirit? When we read on in the writings of Paul, Paul actually contrasts praying with his mind with praying with his spirit or singing with his mind and singing in his spirit. He says 1 Corinthians 14 verse 15. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise of my spirit, but I will sing praise of my mind also. Clearly, Paul is saying praying in tongues, where in this instance, what he is talking about is he describes it as a praying mysteries in the spirit, not praying with the mind. You see, there is a but he and then he contrasts it and he said, but praying with the mind is one thing, but praying with the spirit is something else. He says, I will do this, but I will also do this. I will pray with my mind, but I will also pray with my in my spirit. So Speaking in tongues is not about praying if with the mind in what he describes here. And something that the mind does is it talks earthly languages. The mind speaks languages that can be understood by someone else. The mind understands languages that are known to the mind. The mind cannot utter languages foreign to it. Therefore, when he speaks here of this, he is speaking about praying mysteries in the spirit where the guy who speaks, no one understands but God. And so here we see that we're having trouble. How can we reconcile praying? And when we say it's only exclusively earthly languages that can ever be spoken when we speak in tongues with this verse, because he says, we utter mysteries in the spirit. And so secondly, what we need to mention is in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, he says when he prays in a tongue, his mind is unfruitful. So he says that his mind is basically out of the picture when he prays in tongues. Now we need to practically then ask, If we want to say that this gift is exclusively for known earthly languages and speaking in those languages, how will you pray in those when your mind is unfruitful? 
How will we practically exercise it when the mind is unfruitful? For example, let's make it very real here. Let's say that you are on a missionary field and there's a man or it's like the book of Acts. It's Acts 2 and there's people there and God wants to do this. He wants to speak in, in their language to them. Right. And and you don't know their language, but God has got, wants to do this miracle through the gift of speaking in tongues. And now you want to do it. But how will you do it? How will you practically exercise this gift? Will you suddenly start knowing Chinese and you will speak Chinese? Well, that you know, because you cannot do that. He says that the mind is unfruitful. He said that is the, the that is the bounds we need to work in, because that's how Paul describes it. The mind must be unfruitful when you exercise this gift. Otherwise, you're not doing it right. You're not exercising speaking in tongues. So. I want to submit to you the only way it's going to happen is the same way you do any other spiritual gift. And that is to take a leap of faith. That is to go and open your mouth and speak, even though you don't know Chinese. That is to open your mouth and speak words. And then with a trust in God and in his Holy Spirit, you will trust that he will guide. He will change. He will mold your words outside of the realm of your mind. He will do it. And he will change it into Chinese for that person who is an unbeliever to hear it in Chinese. That's the only way this gift can work in those scenarios. And so, brothers and sisters, people often criticize the gift to be babble. But for the one who who doesn't understand, yes, it does seem like babble. It seems foolish because the carnal mind is at enmity with God and with the spirit of God. The carnal mind does not like it nor does he understand it. And honestly, when people call their babble and they criticize the gift, just like in Acts 2, when they criticize, they said, oh, these men are drunk. These men don't know what they're doing. They're they're drunk. You know, the first time ever they spoke in tongues, it happened. And the same thing happens today. That is testimony of that. We are dealing with the same kind of gift of tongues that we dealt with in Acts 2 when we are talking about this gift that is speaking in a language that we do not understand. And so moving on to the third reason of why I believe speaking in tongues is more than just a sign for unbelievers. And that is simply refer to refer to the scriptural spiritual gift of interpretation, interpreting tongues. You see, if you exclusively believe that speaking in tongues is supposed to only be in known earthly languages, then the gift of interpretation has no benefit, has no role, in fact, because if in 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 that mindset of that, that it'd be only a sign for unbelievers means that you can you speak like an Acts two, people spoke in tongues, people understood it in their own language, right? Did those people who understood in their own language, they were either unbelievers or they were very new to the faith. They weren't exercising spiritual giftings yet, and a lot of them didn't even have spiritual gifts yet. A lot of them haven't even been baptized yet because they were only baptized thereafter. And so the gift of interpretation can only be exercised by a believer who has the Holy Spirit because it is a spiritual gift, right? And so you see the people who in Acts 2 said with their mind, 
they understood was was being said in their own native language. They, the miracle was that the person who was speaking was speaking it in their language. The miracle wasn't that they were only interpreting it that way. And so the gift of interpretation cannot be used by unbelievers to interpret something because they don't have spiritual gifts yet. Instead, the gift of interpretation, as very clearly described by Paul, is a gift for edification. It is a gift that goes along with the gift of tongues in a fellowship and an assembly so that edification can be enabled. Because Paul describes how when we come into a fellowship with a lot of people and you speak in tongues and there's no one who can interpret what is being said, then you're like basically noise. You're not really providing edification to the people around you. You yourself may receive edification, but since you're in a fellowship, you're not there for yourself. You're there to edify others. And so this is what Paul says. You need to have a interpreter in the room when you're going to want to be speaking in tongues for long periods of time um, with these people so that there can be an interpreter interpreting what is said and giving revelation to the rest of the people about what was said. So we have now someone who speaks in a tongue where no one understands what is being said, not even he himself. And now there is someone else necessary with the gift of interpretation to hear what is being said and to interpret it for the rest of the assembly so that everyone can be edified. That means that this interpreter is necessary when no one understands what is being said. No one. Not, that, that means that there is no one in the room who knows this language. This language is not a known language. It, and it's not even an earthly language, because if it was, why would God want to speak in an earthly language if there's no one who can speak that earthly or understand that earthly language? It's not doesn't make any sense. The gift of interpretation is for when we speak in a heavenly language, when we take that leap of faith and speak in faith that the Holy Spirit speaks through us mysteries in this spirit, right? Where no one understands, but God understands what we're saying He's the only one who knows. And now there's necessary for an interpreter because it's a group setting and there's a lot of people and, you know, um, and there has to be interpretation. So there's edification for others within the realm of believing that this gift is exclusively for how we see it in Acts 2 when there is when it was spoken in um, uh, uh, earthly languages, there is then no more room for the gift of interpretation because the only people who will be this gift would be for would be for unbelievers as a sign unto them. Okay, so the gift of interpretation just has no place in the realm of the camp of people who believe that speaking in tongues is just earthly languages. And so, brothers and sisters, I hope that this makes a little bit of sense. Speaking in tongues is way more than just what we see in Acts 2. It is one gift. It's the same gift, but there is a bigger picture that we don't see oftentimes because of misunderstanding surrounding the gift. We need to understand that if you want to exercise this gift, if you want to practically do this gift, you cannot have the perspective of the people who believe that it is only for earthly languages because those people never practice the gift. 
No one, no one who believes that actually actively practices that gift on a daily basis consistently in their lives. It just doesn't happen. The only people who are exercising this gift have a better understanding of it to understand that there is a speaking in tongues. That's a personal prayer language. There is a speaking in tongues that is for personal edification, where it is between me and God. I speak mysteries in the spirit. No one else understands. People who do understand that there is even room for this gift to be edification to the body of believers and not just as a sign for unbelievers. And that is to be edification to that body of believers through a gift of interpretation. Someone else or even the person speaking in tongues has. So we need to come and make ourselves humble, brothers and sisters, and be like, wow, I don't see this gift in my life. Therefore, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. We need to be careful not to make judgments and say this is how it's supposed to look or not look if we've never done it ourselves or if we don't see it being practiced consistently ourselves. All right, brothers and sisters, I hope that this short teaching has blessed you just to make you think a little bit about these things. Please watch my speaking in tongues series part one and part two that was put out a few weeks ago for a deep and deep teaching on this spiritual gift for any other questions you may have that have not been answered in this video yet. All right. Blessings and Shalom.